This is episode 408, Should We Continue the Relationship After Infidelity with Matthew, part two of three. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I love doing these three-part series where I do a bit of a she said, he said, they said. And this is part two of that. So if you missed Jade's story, go back and listen to that. That was last week's episode. And today I talked to Matthew, her partner, possible partner. They're in, in limbo right now a bit. And then next week, I'll be talking to them as a couple. And I really love this because I love to hear both sides, not necessarily sides in terms of we need to take sides, but both perspectives and then have the couple on together. I find that so helpful in relationship coaching. Um, Before we dive in, I want to remind you that my early bird retreat actually is over. It was over July 1st, but if you get your application in by July 10th, we will still honor that early bird discount. My signature retreat is coming up in October. It is October 13th through 15th. It is the last time I'm offering it for two years. I will not be offering the retreat in 2024. Next time will be 2025 or later. So if you are in any way, shape, or form desiring a life-changing experience, truly, time with me and my amazing staff, time with other women, like-minded women, conscious women who could become lifelong friends, time just for you where you don't have to think of anything. You can just show up and be nurtured and loved and just be you. And if you really are ready to let go of limiting stories, beliefs, heal your past, if this podcast has helped you at all, I want you to a thousand X that. That's how much the retreat will support you, truly. I've been doing this work since 2008. It gets better every year. I'm excited to be coming back to San Diego to do it. And I can't wait to see so many of you there. The website is christinehassler.com slash signature retreat. And gentlemen, sorry, this one is just for the ladies. All right. So as I mentioned today, I speak to Matthew and we cover a lot, not just about relationship. We talk a lot about infidelity and what's underneath that. And it's important to listen to this episode for anyone because we just understand humanity more, but especially if you ever have been in a relationship where there's been infidelity or you have been Um, unfaithful yourself or lied in relationship or just act out in ways that you have shame around, I think you're going to find this episode, actually, I know you're going to find this episode really helpful. As you're listening, consider, do you struggle with self-worth issues? Have you ever been unfaithful or have you been in a relationship where someone has betrayed you, lied to you, or been unfaithful to you? Did you grow up in a home where there was a lot of abuse and chaos and you never really felt worthy or loved or safe? And finally, are you on a personal discovery journey, personal development journey, and you're clear that you're changing things, but the people around you may not believe you, and that can be frustrating. So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Matthew. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being part of this three-part series. As you know, I talked to Jade last week, and now it's my chance to talk to you. So I just want to open up by asking, how can I support you? Uh, Firstly, thank you for having us. Um, Mm -hmm. I really appreciate it. I've been following your work for a while now. 
I guess from my part, you know, obviously given the trouble we've had when we're in our relationship and since reconnecting, we're having this problem of, I guess, finding our way back to love, mm-hmm. uh, back to building trust and um, just meeting in the middle. You know, we've been having a lot of conflict, especially, you know, since I've been away um, you know, on a self-discovery journey. Uh, and it's, I think it's just been heightened since I've left. You know, that there is definitely some troubles regardless of where I am, but uh yeah, just really having trouble building trust and mm-hmm. um, moving on from you know, the betrayal of mm-hmm. um, my lives. And- so just a couple questions, and thank you both for, for sharing with me. With the trust, is it mostly she's having trouble trusting you or are there trust things on your end as well? Look, I think I'd, I'd say it's mostly on her part. I've been the one, you know, who's, I, th- I think we both play a part, you know, to be honest. I have definitely, without comparing, I've definitely, I guess, pulled more of the the manipulation and the lying and the cheating. There has been an instance where, you know, she did something sort of behind my back and I've sort of just let it slide uh, because it's just not been, I don't know, I guess to the severity that mine was, you know, like I was lying and manipulating and cheated on her a fair few times. Yeah, so I don't really quite know how to answer that. I guess I do have my struggles with trust mm-hmm. with her sometimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you struggle with? I guess I, I understand that we've both come from relationships where we've both cheated on, I'd say, most of, if not all of our partners. And I guess when I when I try and describe and explain my reasons for change, it's met with resistance. And I, and I only ever bring this up to not to level or to deflect, but to, I guess, in a hope that she would understand because she's been in my position before. And I've, I've tried to, I guess, explain that, you know, like I, I thought you might appreciate that, you know, I am sick of my own shit. I am mm-hmm. sick of living a life of lies and cheating and you know I just I don't want that energy with me anymore like it it makes me really upset to even think about it to be honest Mm -hmm. um and then that you know comes with shame and guilt and I just don't want that anymore Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what do you want I want to continue to learn about myself you know like I want to I want to keep healing from my trauma because there's been quite a lot that's happened throughout my life and I want to feel loved. I want to feel desired. I want to feel cared for. You know, I don't really feel like my needs are, are too much um, mm-hmm. or that they can't be met. I guess it's just that it's, uh, it's, it's a hard thing to, to try and reach that position where we can both, you know, meet each other's needs and meet our own at the same time. Mm. What are some of the key needs you have that you feel haven't been met or aren't being met? Look, I think since I've started to do this work, I've, I've always felt that I've needed to feel trusted and given, you know, my past, there's been plenty of times where I don't feel like I have been. I need to feel secure in my relationships. To be honest, I haven't lived a life understanding or even knowing what my needs are. Um, So I'm still working on that. At the end of the day, I'm learning a lot about myself and I'm trying to do everything I can to not fast track, but just, you know, really keep pushing this, this learning curve for me and, 
yeah, my needs are something that I'm just going to have to keep reflecting on and keep articulating as best as I can instance by instance instead of, you know, like I don't really feel like I have a a real strong base for, for my needs just as yet. I love that you're aware of this because if you don't have a healthy relationship with your needs and aren't able to articulate them, you will pursue them in the shadows. So the the infidelity mm. and the lying was fulfilling a need. What need do you think that was fulfilling? Yeah. Probably a need to feel worthy. Yeah. To feel enough. I guess I've like I've got a lot of trauma that comes up when I think about my worthiness and mm-hmm. whether I'm enough and deserving of love and commitment and sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the worthiness piece is, is a very common component I see in infidelity. And it plays out in two ways. One, there's a subconscious test of the person we're in relationship enough because we feel so unlovable and so so unworthy. There's a protective part that has a saboteur energy, like a sabotaging energy of like, if I get caught, will this person still love me? And then on the, the other side, there's this, well, the more people that find me desirable, the more people that I have either emotional or physical affair with or both that, you know, the more worthy I am. And when there's so much repressed trauma, there's also a lot of anger and a lot of shame. And oftentimes when we don't have ways to deal with our shame in healthy ways, we just go into the shadows where there's more shame because it's like, well, I already am ashamed. I'm just going to go build more shame. Of course, none of this is conscious, but it's all, all the ways that we're trying to like get this need of worthiness met because as children, it is fundamental to feel worthy, to feel lovable, to feel validated, to feel wanted. And from what you're sharing so far, my guess is that you didn't really feel that as a child. No, it wasn't really felt in any relationship in my life. I've, mm. I felt like I had to, like I had to fight for love sometimes. Like mm-hmm. there was, there was always something going on and that I was insignificant to the rest of the problems that were going on in my parents' lives. Having been witness to infidelity myself, um, abuse, you know, of, I guess, sexual, physical and verbal abuse mm-hmm. uh, throughout various points of my life. And, uh, yeah, uh, I guess I went along my teenage years and my adult life always telling me that those traumatic experiences only made me stronger, which I guess pushed it down further. Exactly. And, you know, since I've been on this, you know, self-awareness journey, I've realized, you know, how much of just repressing those things has just only made it worse and, you mm-hmm. know, made it come out in bad behaviors. And I don't want to say bad, but, you know. We'll say um, shadow. I like to call them shadow behaviors behavior. because it's like, it's just the, the yeah, wounded shadow. self acting out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And forgiveness has probably been my biggest thing for, you know, forgiving myself for not being aware of how these traumas have affected me and uh and I guess forgiving myself for you know com- carrying out those shadow behaviors in the first place it's, it's yeah. been really, really difficult at the moment well and also forgiving yourself for buying into the belief that you're not worthy you know and mm. it's it's not easy to under until we until we kind of hit rock bottom and when people come to me for coaching or even find this show, a lot of times people are just interested in coaching, but a lot of times people 
have hit rock bottom or things aren't going as they wanted it to go. And it often takes that kind of wake up call to get into the, the personal awareness because until then we're in survival mode. Like from what you've shared, and I'm sure you're just skimming the surface, sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, like that and seeing infidelity in your parents' marriage, they, that's a lot. And I just want to say to you and everybody mm -hmm. listening, I'm in no way excusing or justifying infidelity. And I have great understanding for it because I, 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 mm -hmm. I think there are some people that just have a pathology or just, you know, don't take responsibility and just think they can get away with everything. But I also think that there are a lot of people and you're one of these people who aren't doing it to hurt someone and aren't doing it because they have no self-control. It's just that the pain that you've been carrying around and that you've been repressing is so big. It causes an, an act out in a way that like on, on some level, what's sort of like, have you ever seen a child just completely misbehave and throw a tender, temper tantrum because they just want to be loved? Like to just want attention. They just want to know like somebody's yeah. got them. And we do that as adults. We just blow things up because on, on some level we're like, is anybody going to see me? Is anybody going to love me? Is anybody going to accept me? Is anyone going to save me from this? And the only person that can do that is ourselves. And so I really want to acknowledge you for your level of self-awareness. And I do encourage you to, you know, there's a lot to work through here. And one of the things I'd encourage you to let go of is, you know, I should have been more aware sooner because when we have chronic trauma like you did, it's very hard to be aware. There's a part of us that has to shut down in order to get through the day. And so when we're in that yeah. shutdown, it's not like these huge, you know, aha bombs of personal awareness drop in. We're just in survival. So what I'm hearing from you is that you don't want to be a liar and a cheater, that it doesn't feel good to you. Is that accurate? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the furthest thing from what I've wanted. And just, I guess, hearing you um, explain it like that, it's, you know, it's been something that's sort of been a reoccurring thing that's been coming up since I've been on this healing journey. But, and yeah, I, I was just skimming the surface and not to, you know, I, I've always been the person who plays down their trauma because someone mm -hmm. else always has it worse. And uh, I've been really failing to acknowledge the effects that have that all of it's had on me. Yeah. It's, um, had, it's had huge effects on you. So, and it doesn't yeah. matter if people have had it worse. We, we have to stay in our own experience because going, oh, somebody else has it worse is, is a way that we deflect. It's a way that we deflect. Mm. So when you were engaging in the betrayal of any kind, whether it was a lie you told or the infidelity, did any part of it feel good? Did any part of it feel satisfying? Not one bit. Mm. Not even the, the initial desire or the initial someone being interested in you. I think partly there was probably this, um, you know, like this has been, a again, a reoccurring thing that I've done throughout my life. It's, uh, you know, seeking external validation. And right. that was, you know, a lot of validation through women. Mm -hmm. um, something I'm really proud of. But, uh yeah, I guess having that initial interest was, um, you know, it gave me the dopamine rush that, right. you know, my nervous system was. Right. And that will be the part 
that you'll, one of the things you'll need to be most aware of because you can mentally not want to lie or cheat ever again. And I'm, I'm sure the self beat, the shame, like everything that came with that is really difficult. And the dopamine hit is a dopamine hit. And just moving forward, it will be really important that you find that validation because we only really only looking for a dopamine hit if we don't have enough dopamine running in our system. You know, if we are, Mm -hmm. and and if we're repressing a lot of stuff, we generally are running some level of depression because we have to shut down. And because we're so low on dopamine and serotonin, we go look for the hit. So a big piece for you Mm -hmm. is to make sure that, you know, a big part of the self-discovery journey is finding ways to feel alive again, finding ways to feel expressed, finding ways to feel joy so that you aren't looking Mm -hmm. for the attention of a woman to get that hit. Because again, it doesn't matter how much you don't want to do it. If there's that need for that hit, it's going to be hard to suppress that urge. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So on this self-discovery journey that you've been on, and again, I really acknowledge you both, you and Jade have a lot of self-awareness and I, I really acknowledge you both. How have you been? How has it been with women? You know, you're on this solo journey. Have you noticed a difference? Have you wanted to approach someone? Have you wanted to go have sex with someone? Have you felt that urge at all? Honestly, not at all. Like you highlighted before, you know, like there's a certain amount of telling yourself, but there's this this inner knowing that I have now with the awareness um, that I've just gained over over why those patterns and behaviours had shown up in my life. And I guess I've been coming to this conclusion that it might be guilt, it might be shame that are stopping me from doing these things as well as, you know, like I, I am doing things in, in my life that make me happy. I'm, you know, focusing on fitness goals and I'm more into, you know, more engaged in my sport. I play local sport in Australia and, um, and, and going on this holiday, you know, like this, 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 the whole idea of this was to discover more about myself and not to test, but to, to know that I can do this without the validation of women. And that's, I don't really think that matters where I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, like I've sort of discussed this with Jade that I've, um, I, I guess I've like kind of held back from talking to women, you know, like I'm really cautious of the energy that I put out where mm-hmm. women are concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Like I, I don't, not to, not to suppress, but just to, I guess, feel in control of those urges because mm-hmm. You know, like there's a part of me that just doesn't want that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much of me that just doesn't want it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me feel disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. And that will be a good sort of like if you have too much tequila and you, you don't want tequila again. But like years down the road, you could be like, oh, yeah. I, could, I could have a drink of tequila because you're kind of over the disgust. So what's great is you have a high level of disgust yeah. right now. And, but, but moving forward in order for this to be sustainable, it'll need to be, I've really healed that part of me that was acting out in that way. And I feel worthy and I feel the sense of validation and I'm not living a suppressed, repressed life. And 
you know, I don't need that anymore. And your sexual energy doesn't have to be completely shut down. You don't have to, you know, keep away from women, but it's about not having that leaky sexual energy. Because when we have a part of us that's looking for validation, and if we're doing it through the opposite sex, there's like a leaky sexual energy that other people pick up on. And that just creates an openness versus where, when you're like really contained, like I can think of my, my husband and maybe, you know, his story, he was such a cheater, like so many women. And I don't have one ounce of doubt that he will cheat on me. He can go away for weeks and I don't even think twice about it because Mm both the healing work he did, the tantra work he did, the the sexual healing, the emotional healing, the spiritual healing, his sexual energy is contained. And I can think about a past partner I was with who, I, I mean, I think my husband's attractive. This other guy was attractive too. And whenever we'd go out, women would hit on my past partner all the time. And he was lying to me and he was unfaithful. And but he could because he had that leaky sexual energy. Now, sometimes I see women flirt with my husband, but women don't throw themselves at him because he doesn't broadcast that. And he can be with women. He hosts a breathwork for the feminine space where it's all women. And, you know, he he has women clients, he has women friends, all that type of thing. But because he's healed it inside, he doesn't have that leaky energy. So that's going to be a big part for you because you don't want to turn your sexuality off, right? And, mm. and if you can really kind of see that it was never about your sexuality, it was about your worthiness. So right now your worthiness is paired with your mm. sexuality and we want to unhook that because you don't want yeah. your worthiness to come from women or having sex with someone or getting mm. attention or whatever. But you also don't want to kill mm. off your sexuality in order to not be a cheater. So a big part of your journey is going to be like finding out what your true sexuality is, what your, um, what like being a man really means to you and like separate that and like what women mean to you, what your relationships with women mean to you, both your partner and friends and just women out in the world and how you see women from worthiness. Because right now there's still like a wounded little boy who sees women as a representation of the validation mom and dad didn't give from me, give to me. Right. So there's, there's a whole mm-hmm. shift in how you see women, how you see sex, all of it. But did it land with you how your worthiness is paired with sex and we got to unpair that? Uh, I think I'm in the process of unpairing that. Okay, great. Um, great. Uh, and, it, and it's not, um, it's not just the, the sexual external validation. It's, you know, um, it's validation with friendships and, you know, like this, this whole external validation thing hasn't been just sexual. Um, it's been, I guess it's caused a ripple effect into my sexuality and into right. leaking that sexual energy. Right. Um, and that was my way to feel affirmed by the female, by the feminine. So, um, right. but yeah, I, I guess I do have, I have an, an anxious attachment to my relationships, um, whether that's friendships or relationships and it's something that really sort of came to a head when you know my relationship between Jade and I broke down Um, I started to realize how much I guess this anxious attachment was actually prevalent in all of my relationships yeah yeah and that will come from a traumatic childhood so 
I want, I could talk to you forever on this because there's so much learning and growth here. And I love chatting with people who've done the work and have an openness, which you do. I just, in in the few minutes we have left, I do want to shift it back to the relationship. So unless I am completely forgetting something Jade said, which is totally possible, I have a little bit of mom brain going on. I don't recall her saying that she's cheated in past relationships. Maybe she did. I definitely could be wrong, but that that's new information for me because either she didn't say it or I just don't remember it. Um, so that's a little bit of new information for me, which is good to know for the couple session. I'd love to know what, what you would like with Jade. What do you want? Um, to be honest, I want everything. Um, I'm in awe of who she is as a person, the growth I've been able to experience in myself and with her, um, you know, without putting her on a pedestal, I'm, I'm grateful for everything that we've shared. Um, and I see true potential in, in this relationship and, and the consciousness it brings, you know, like this is my first conscious relationship I've ever had. And yes, it's difficult, but I see her potential as a human being. And I guess I just, I want to explore where, wherever that takes us. Um, yeah. And I really want to work on this. I have a lot of love for it. So you do want to pursue a relationship? Yeah, of course. Okay. Okay. And what, do you have any hesitancy at all? Um, I guess with the, with the difficulties that we've had while I've been away, I know that, you know, physical presence has a completely different, um, it just gives us a completely different feeling. Like she can understand where my energy is at when we're around each other. I think it's just been really difficult since we've, since we've been away and I've felt some neglect and avoidance and, and all completely valid. I think I'm just really struggling to be a safe space for her and, you know, not have those old defensive mechanisms pop up at times because, you know, it's my, I guess my new sense of self and sense of worth, uh, I guess, feel like they're under attack and, you know, like a, I'm not the person that she keeps bringing up in these stories. And it's just, I'm finding it really hard to be a safe space for her at times. Mm. Mm. What do you mean you're finding it hard to be a safe space for her at times? I think when she asks me questions and those questions turn into like an interrogation type situation, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's there's nasty comments that come with those things. And then there's, you know, me denying it, saying to her that I'm in my integrity, like I'm in my truth. I understand, you know, where you're coming from and and sort of just letting her be and say the things she wants to say without letting it go too far past my boundaries of being disrespected and I've brought up, you know, like I'm not your emotional punching bag. I understand I've caused you this pain and I have a lot of guilt and shame for those things. But mm-hmm. I want us to keep moving forward. I want us to keep coming back to love and to be constructive and and also to allow you to feel. I've really tried to not make her feel pressured that she has to heal straight away. I feel like there's this pressure that I guess might come up for her and she might associate that with me, but it's just not how I genuinely mm-hmm. feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is something I'll talk to the two of you about. So, you know, she obviously needs a space to, to share her feelings and her emotions. Um, yeah. now, has she been unfaithful or lied to you or has it just been on your end? Uh, she has been, yeah. She's been she unfaithful been. or lied? 
uh, sorry. Okay. okay. Yeah, she she uh, had something happen with a work friend that she kept from me until we broke up. Okay. Okay. So there is quite a, a bit to repair here. Okay. So one thing that I think is going to be important for both of you is for both of you to have um, a coach or a therapist or someone that you can both talk to independently. Like the way yeah. Steph and I coach couples is we coach the couple, but then we work with the people individually as well. Um, yeah. Because I think you do need, you can't be processing all of this with each other, but, or, and both of you are going to need to share some things without it invoking shame and guilt on the other person. Because let's say that you and I were in a friendship and you did something that really hurt me. And I wanted to share, like, I'm having something come up around about this. And then you went into shame and guilt. It's like, I didn't have the opportunity to really share because now I'm worried about your shame and guilt that you're going into. Mm. So, and we'll talk about this in the couple session, but finding a way for you two to communicate where you're not always feeling like you have to justify and prove yourself. And she's not feeling like she can't talk to you without you going into shame and guilt is going to be really important. And I, and I told her in her session, like if you choose to go forward with this relationship, choosing blank slate is going to be important because if you go in constantly looking over your shoulder, not trusting, waiting for him to do it again, interrogating him, it's, it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. So you both need to divorce the old relationship and really think about what, and I, this was part of Jade's homework and I'm going to give it to you too. Like what agreements do you need to make in this relationship? The new one, like forget the old one, like the new one. And I know for you, you know, a big thing is going to be like to be trusted. You know, like I know in, in my relationship, if Steph constantly felt interrogated and if he felt like he couldn't go on a trip without, you know, me checking his phone or texting me a million times. Like I do like him to text me when he lands. Cause I worry about, you know, things like that. But like, I worry more about his safety than anything else. But if he felt like he constantly was being second guessed, our relationship would be dead because he'd feel one again, like unworthy. It would trigger the unworthiness in another way. You know, it's like I, you, you want to feel worthy of trust. Now you have to earn that, of course, but part of like the re, the, the starting over of this relationship and the moving into like the next phase of this relationship, if you choose to move forward, is some agreements around what we're going to leave behind and what we're going to bring in. So between now and our couple session, I want you to write some things down and really think about one, what you need, because you articulating, communicating clearly your needs is going to be important for you so that you don't pursue them in the shadow land. And then two, okay. what agreements you want to make moving forward. Can you do that between now and our session? I can do that. Do you have any questions for me? What can, I guess what comes up for me is what can I do to, I guess, just stay calm. And, you know, like when even, you know, regardless of how, she responds to my answers. How can I help be a safe space for her? I mean, the biggest thing you're going to, which was going to be important is to breathe. So when we have trauma, we leave our body 
And yeah. when we feel attacked, we leave our body. And even though she's not attacking or abusing you, it's going to trigger that part of you. That feels like you're in trouble. That feels like you're bad. That feels like you're going to get hit or abused or something like that. Yeah. And it brings up shame, which shame for most people creates shutdown. So one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, breathing and actually not so hand so much on the heart, but like in the middle of your chest, right on the center line there, the vagus nerve, breathing yeah. really deeply, like breathing into your tailbone, breathing into your root center, looking around the room, noticing there's a, you know, yellow painting, there's a dog, there's a, you know, like just doing something that helps you be in the present. And yeah. And I think our couple session will help too, because I want to create agreements around how you communicate, but know in that moment, because, because of the unworthiness, you will feel the impulse to defend. Yeah. And if you, that's what I'm really struggling with. Yeah. If you go into defensiveness, she's not going to feel heard because it's going to be about you. So it's just really breathing, really practicing, listening, really seeing her as a mirror as well, because I'm sure there's so yeah. many times you just want to be able to express to someone and have them here and not defend or make it about them or go into their own story about it. And I can give you both some yeah. exercises when we talk as a group of some communication techniques that might help with that. Awesome. That sounds really good. Yeah. When do you see each other again? Um, well, I'm sort of coming to the end of my trip, so I'm hoping to, I'm kind of thinking I'll be out of here in a week or so. I'm meant to stay a little bit longer. It's just, uh, like I've left this trip a little bit open-ended and uh, okay. yeah, okay. it's been five, it'll be five weeks by then. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a long enough time. Yeah. My yeah. First trip. yeah. Yeah. Well, do you, do the assignment and I'm, I'm looking forward to having both of you on together. And seeing how much, seeing you yeah, know, me too. what other momentum we can get. Well, and enjoy the rest of your trip. Be good to yourself. Really speak to that little boy inside, really helping him feel worthy and loved and validated. Now, the more you give that to yourself, the less you're going to need it outside and the less you're going to feel shame too. And, you know, the forgiveness piece, it does come with time. And the, the thing that will help the most is just compassion. You know, compassion isn't a scapegoat. Compassion isn't making excuses. Compassion is taking responsibility. I've done some things that were dishonest, done some things that have hurt another person that I care about. And mm. beating myself up about them is not going to make me not do them again. Some people try to, to moderate behavior by just being jerks to themselves. And it can work short term, but it doesn't work in the long term. We have to eventually get to a place of total compassion for ourselves and that will bring through the forgiveness. Awesome. It sounds like a plan. All right. All right. Well, I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Matthew. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. So as I said to Matthew in the show, I so appreciate both his and Jade's honesty and transparency and just the, the level of self-reflection they both are doing. They both have high emotional intelligence and I do believe there's so hope for this relationship because both of them seem very, very willing. Matthew and I talked about a lot. It was a longer conversation, so there's not too much I'm going to break down here. Just some things I want to re-highlight. When we look at behavior, especially something like being unfaithful, cheating, 
if we just look at the behavior, we can be very angry about it, angry at ourselves, angry at the person. We can call it inexcusable. We can call it unforgivable. And, you know, sometimes it really is. And that's the behavior. But when we look at what's underneath the behavior, what's really driving the behavior, it can give us a different perspective and move us more into compassion and ultimately forgiveness. So if you are in a place where someone has been unfaithful to you, I encourage you to, well, I encourage you to eventually get to forgiveness, whether you stay with the person or not, because if you're holding on to anger and resentment as a way to protect yourself or get back at the other person, I'm going to reference that Buddha quote. When you hold on to anger, it's like holding on to a hot coal, waiting to throw it at someone all the while you're the one getting your hand burned. So eventually you do want to get to forgiveness, which again is not condoning, but we'll get there faster and honestly in a more healthy way because we don't want a spiritual bypass either. If we really look at, okay, what's driving the behavior? What's really underneath that? And if that person is willing to look at what drove the behavior in the first place, then there's hope. If the person that lied or cheated is only looking at behavior modification it's only like, okay, I'll stop looking at porn or I'll stop cheating. I'll just stop. And they're just trying to do it through sheer will alone. And they're not actually diving in and looking at what is the pain that's driving the shadow behavior in the first place. Then I'd probably say you want to get out of the relationship because behavior modification is not enough to make shadow act outs stop. Will alone doesn't do it. We need to get to the wound that's driving it. And in my conversation with Matthew, that is what he's doing. He really has a lot of self-awareness. And it will be interesting to talk to the two of them together because it's always interesting to me how two people can be in relationships and you hear slightly different things. <laughs> and so when I get the two of them together, I'm really going to like ask if they're both willing to come into this relationship with understanding of where the other person's at but also a clean slate. And for Matthew, it will be so important for him to keep working on the worthiness and validation piece. Because if he really can heal that and really source that inside and really love his little boy and let go of a lot of that trauma through somatics or inner child work through all the things that we teach on the show, then there really is an opportunity for him not to need that shadow behavior because that shadow behavior is just a way that we're trying to heal. We're trying to get attention. We act out subconsciously as a cry for help from others, from ourselves. Most of the time, again, not all the time, but most of the time people don't act out intentionally to hurt other people. They're acting out because they're the ones asking for help. I know it might not seem like it, but I know you understand what I'm saying. So Stay tuned next week. Let's see how the couple session goes. And hopefully you all learned a lot from this episode in terms of how self-worth and trauma can inform our behaviors as adults and how it's so important to really dig deep um, and not just do the behavior modification. All right, everybody. That's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.